Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Mike. And my name is Allison. Yeah, you are, baby girl. Uh, so, yeah, this is two weeks in a row. Um, I'm going to be doing this week and next week, I believe, uh, the way the schedule's working out for delivering the story. Yeah, I think so. You know, for a while there, we were saying we go back and forth, and then you started doing a lot more, and um, I was doing a little bit less, and now, yeah. So if you absolutely hate when I deliver stories, you are going to hate the next two weeks. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> it's going to be like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, like that, my guy sucks. So, um, <laughs> no. you know, just leave that out of the reviews when you leave them, please. You're wonderful. That. No, thank you very much. That's what I was going for. I was fishing for that compliment. And I took the hook, and I bit it, and now it's through my lip. Yeah, you got a mouth like a largemouth bass. That's right. That's what I always say that's one attractive media you got it like a carp you're just like wow nice i want to make out with that girl it's really attractive and other stuff too obviously yeah sure yeah sure you know what i'm saying yeah mm -hmm. like feed you so uh yeah here we are another episode and um it is a week before uh christmas so seven days man hope if you celebrate you know get ready Um, we are in the very final rush and it's now or never peeps you gotta get those gifts purchased get them wrapped Mm -hmm. i haven't wrapped squat right and uh real quick you did have enough time to purchase things for yourself though uh we mentioned this on the patreon podcast (laughs) (laughs) uh you said we had a discussion we're like you know we shouldn't buy things for ourselves as much right now because you know just save them for christmas gifts and not to mention there's a lot of money being expended um and stuff so let's just focus on other people's gifts and we walk home the other day and you had a delivery of essential oils and a diffuser i believe yeah it smells so nice yeah yeah and i think you this is like probably your third (laughs) diffuser in our lifetime i'm supporting my friend's business mike very nice she's a very nice girl i totally agree with that in january Yes. But, uh, well, I bumped it up a few weeks. So you did. you did. And that's okay with you, I guess. It's okay with me. Yeah, I guess it is. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'd say, <laughs> you know, I'd say less than 50% of the packages are for you. So that's good. Well, at Christmas time, I would say 99% are not for me. You oh, believe a-hole. me. I know you would say that, but you would be wrong. So <laughs> it, I'd I say not, 50. Other than this damn diffuser, I haven't ordered anything. Listen. I mean, I do have some serum, face serum coming, but that's not like, that's a necessary thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if you true. want this skin wait, wait, to remain con- luminescent, what about I need your con- my- concrete mask now that you have? <laughs> What's that thing? I'm using these patches on my forehead at night. They're called frownies. And they've been around since like the 1800s? Yes. I'm learning so much. So we're not, It's not an advertisement. It sounds no, like. No, we're not getting paid by frownies. Yeah. I was on Instagram and I saw it pop up and they say that people use it. And if you use it as it's meant to be used, like 30 days straight, depending on the severity and like how deep your lines are. Um, and then maybe like uh, three times a week or something, it's supposed to have very similar results to Botox, that you're literally training the muscles in your forehead to flatten out, which is really essentially what Botox does. It paralyzes the muscles that move that cause the lines to show up. I thought Botox ca- causes um, inflammation. No. Through like poison. It's like paralyzing your muscles hence the reason why people say frozen face oh you're when people like, are over botoxing and they were like oh. there's no movement in your face right you want to have a little bit movement just not a lot well yeah but a lot of women though they'll be like oh crap i can move my eyebrow time to go get more botox oh so it's purposely um what's it called when you lose like movement of a part like of your paralysis body? paralysis it's like mm-hmm. uh on purpose paralysis yeah so basically which these, sounds healthy it sounds healthy to me <laughs> these frownies are forming a cast on your forehead they're these like paper patches you get them wet and then they dry hard like a cast would like paper mache yes and it literally you prevents any of your facial movements um during the night while you're sleeping and such i gave you a kiss on your head the other day and i kissed it I think. yes you did but i have no nothing whatsoever against botox if you get botox there is certainly no judgment on my part i've thought about doing it time oh, and time again as long as it's your money and not mine that's that's all I the about. problem I don't care about like oh, poison in my face. Put the poison in my face. I don't care. <laughs> right, right. My thing is the money. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Well, hey. And you know you got to get it done like every four months or so. Yeah. It's so. like once you start, kind of. That's why I don't take my hair loss stuff. Like I'm like once I start taking that, it's yep. going to be yeah. something for the rest of my life. I got to pay for it. And, and that's like, how these frownies are. Like you have to be consistent in wearing them. So if I'm doing this, I'm doing this for life. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hey, we'll, we'll see. keep if it works. Folks. I'm willing to do it. Yeah. And a real quick tip uh, this holiday season, I noticed Allison's family. You know, they're very um, outward with a lot of their objections to some of the bad Christmas music we play. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got their favorite hits and everybody has their hits where they're like, ah, eh, this one sucks. Like, so. God forbid Mariah Carey comes on in my, my house while my family's over. It's like... 
Or Jackson 5. Everyone loses their mind. Uh, The Jackson 5 is looked down upon because of the screechy voices. Um, I have started to not like the um, John Lennon. um, John Legend? No, Lennon. Oh, what? From the Beatles. um, (gasps) Shame on you. The one that he sings with Yoko Ono. War is over. Yeah, the war is over. Happy Christmas. I love the message of that song. I love it. Oh, it's fabulous. But the thing that ruined it was Yoko Ono for me. So not, not because whatever Yoko did. I don't know. That's not my thing. But she came out with this like album of her own where she like screeches she literally if you can hear yoko ono go ahead and like youtube it it sounds like <laughs> wasn't it bill burr <laughs> wasn't it yeah. bill burr who well that was that? A, yeah that was when she was helping john lennon sing <laughs> but and, i like the guy laughed. turned around like what the hell and john lennon's like not even you know reacting. if you ever look up bill burr and yoko ono yeah, oh it. my gosh i laughed so so hard so picture yoko ono she made her own album like recently in the past 10 or 15 years where she was like screaming like a, a, a goat that's like a being banshee. killed yeah and so I, now that i heard her do that on the solo i hear it in that christmas song and i just can't listen to it it's like screeching like nails on a chalkboard don't point it out to me because i don't want to hear because yeah. i love that song if you still War love that song over. obviously the message is beautiful oh, it's gorgeous yeah and i love john lennon i love the beatles but she ruined that for me so the, those are examples of songs i don't like um and so so you can play uh, instrumental music from like Amazon Alexa yeah, or whatever. So it's that, like calming and yeah. it doesn't grate on your nerves. Yeah, which is nice. So go ahead and try that out. And there's only so many Christmas songs. So when you have it on for hours and hours, you're oftentimes hearing it like two and three times. Yeah, I mean, the jig is up. There's only oh, a few man. hundred. <laughs> I, will, I cannot stop laughing about your impersonation of Yoko Ono. And sorry if that blessed out your eardrums. You probably weren't expecting me to, again, I wasn't expecting scream. you. I thought I'd it'd be worth it. So, oh my gosh! Hopefully, somebody laughed out there. Oh, I can't stop laughing. Making me uh, sound like a jackass. <laughs> so, um, I do want to say, hey, thanks to everybody for um, listening to me scream and also uh, listening to us and leaving uh, reviews online. So, whether you're listening on Apple or Android, uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I always say that because you can leave words on Apple Podcasts. Everything else, like Spotify, you can leave us a five star review. Whether you're on Apple or Android, that'd be awesome. We are getting a huge uptick in Spotify uh, listeners, so thanks for that. But I do want to call out this one review if you leave a review then um, maybe we'll read it next week maybe this one's from audible uh the amazon company uh this one says thank you both for bringing this uh these stories i just found you guys i enjoy your banter your storytelling is fantastic just remember android users listen too i listen on audible so yes thank you and we used to be android users up until i don't know maybe we made the switch what two years ago or so yeah. to apple i was a huge so android hey guy. no shame on the android absolutely not no we're we're um, hey listening to us either way we appreciate yes, it we, and you know what no matter how you're here you're here and we appreciate you and your family what's that uh, what? when you're here your family olive garden yeah. or something yeah i think so <laughs> yeah just like olive garden we're pretty we're, much we're like the sitting speaking olive garden yeah we're the olive garden of po- true crime podcast yes that's what we're going for we've got our little pup sitting next to me on the chair while we record this so if you're watching us on youtube uh you'll see she's adorable in her little green and white sweater which you also posted a picture of on instagram yep um so she is something to look at i'm not so much but she is yeah we went for a four mile walk today so almost five yes not that that's you no know, no you're right it's closer terribly to five. crazy and it, it was chilly out so it's not like i'm sweating no you look great but i just i don't have any makeup on nothing like that i'm just keeping it real i'd have so, a good time i'd have a good time with you if you ever you know okay maybe afterwards yeah, we'll yeah, talk well, about I, well, we'll see yeah, okay probably not oh, all right time okay we're busy mike we've been cackling and laughing let's enough with the unprofessionalism let's put our professional boots on and, you know, get serious here, okay? Let's do it. Let's do this. So you ready for the story? I'm ready. Um, this is right up my alley, let me tell you. So if you like the stories I usually get into, you'll you'll enjoy listening to this one here. Um, obviously, you know, not about the people that are affected. Never. But, um, so this is a story of Ken Rex McElroy. Oh. Okay. You always say you've never heard of him, but... Um, Let's see. Let's. Uh, this is this is gonna be interesting. I only think of the golfer Rory. Rory. Rory? This is not not Rory McIlroy, and it's spelled differently. Okay. So, Ken McIlroy. Um. He. This is in uh, Skidmore, Missouri, here in the USA. I'm going to talk about this guy's life, but the ultimate ending event uh, happened July 10th, 1981. Oh. Okay. Just to give you kind of an idea of where we are on the the timeline here. So Ken Rex McIlroy was born June 1st, 1934. His family was pretty poor. They were tenant farmers. If you're like me, you had to look up what a tenant farmer was. And uh, it's basically they lived on land that was owned by someone else. Oh, well, that's I was like, what did you grow like apartment 
you know, complexes with tenants in it. Yeah, well, you plant uh, an apartment, it grows in like six months. No, so they they farm the land that somebody else owned. So they would share in like all the produce that they provided. They'd give a portion of that to whoever owned the land where they can stay there and also get some of the profits. Hmm. So uh, I guess it's not, you know, basically hired help. Got it. Is is what they were. So um, not a lot of money, but yeah, they all lived in Skidmore, Missouri. Um, Ken McElroy was, uh, you know, went to school all the way through the eighth grade, um, but dropped out in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Many people believe he was illiterate. Oh, okay. Uh, not sure how he was able to get all the way through eighth grade without being able to read. Maybe just got, barely got by and they passed him off to the next grade. And it's like, what do you mean you think he was illiterate? Like, are you his teacher? Can he read or not? Um, I think it'll make a little more sense as we go on Okay. So when he turned 18, he went to go work in construction and he was seriously injured while working at one of his construction sites. Jeez. Uh, a huge piece of steel fell on him, and he had some terrible pain from this accident, as you could probably imagine. Uh, a lot of people think that this incident kind of started everything and fused a lot of the terrible things this guy would do through the rest of his life. What? What? Where did this piece of metal hit him? Uh, I guess just like totally flattened him. I don't know. We don't have details, okay. but I mean... Uh, enough where there's like some kind of head injury concerns mm. and yeah, probably limb damage and stuff. Okay. So the, what they're saying is like like a PTSD kind of play, you mm-hmm. know, where you're seriously injured and just kind of rattled them. So to help you picture McElroy, he was a big dude, um, over six feet tall and weighing about 270 pounds. Mm-hmm. So a little bit bigger than me. Um, I'm 6'2", 255. So um, if you see on video, like I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. You're a sizable man. You got yeah. some big shoulders on you. Yeah, like I was watching one of these YouTubes and they're like, yeah, you wouldn't want to walk into him in a dark alley or something like that. I'm like, well, I, I could probably go against him. Yeah. We'll I don't know. We'll see. So um, he had these thick pork chop sideburns like uh-huh. Elvis and he was just a you know dark hair, dark, you know, just kind of dude you didn't want to really mess with. A local farmer said this about McElroy, quote, I think Ken simply wanted to be a big and important person and have people afraid of him when he walked down the street, and he got that. Hmm. They were. Well, he had size on his on his side. Yep. So even though McElroy's parents and family were pretty poor, he ended up finding a way to make some pretty good money. Um, you might wonder how. Uh, he had a few different ways. Uh, he leased land near his farm. So he had his own farm and he leased land to other people. So he was like the flip side. He saw how much money these landowners were making, saved up enough, bought his own land. So, Mm -hmm. you know, more power to him there. Um, He traded and raced dogs, uh, which was a thing back then, I guess. He may have also stolen some livestock. A lot of these things here, I'm just going to say, this is all alleged, okay? It's all alleged. Nothing was proven in a court of law. Yeah, you're going to hear. he popped a cow on his back and galloped away with it. Right. And you're going to hear why in a second here. This is just the craziest, weirdest story. So um, also alleged that he stolen alcohol and sold it to other people. He stole farmed grain, gasoline, and antiques. So Hmm. pretty much anything. Like, this is a guy looking for opportunities here. Yeah. Whether it was with the law or against the law. I guess there's a lot less competition when it's illegal because people don't want to do illegal things. Ken McElroy was not afraid of those sort of things. Um, Of course, since he's into all these illegal activities, he got caught many, many, many times. As you're going to tend to do if you're doing it for, you know, a continuous amount of time. Yep. His own lawyer, Richard Gene McFadden, was asked how often McElroy was charged with crimes. And the lawyer was like, eh, about three times a year, he'd have some kind of like three crimes. Kept him busy. Yeah, yeah. He even said this about McElroy, quote, he's the best client I ever had. He was punctual, always said he didn't do it, paid in cash, and kept coming back. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's basically using the attorney as like his own McDonald's here. He's just like, yep, uh, didn't do it. Here's $7,000 <laughs> yeah. and uh, get me off of it. And I'll get rid of it. See you in a few weeks. See ya in about uh, three, four months. Yeah. So, um, you know, this is this, yeah, kind of a, it worked really well for McElroy here. Depending on where you look, he was indicted around 21 times. Jeez. But he was only convicted once out of all those times. Really? Maybe yeah. he had a dang good lawyer. He did. As a matter of fact, uh, McElroy would brag that his big Kansas City lawyer also represented the mob. Okay. So McElroy paid him a handsome amount of money in order to make a lot of these things go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and absolutely worth it, it sounds like. Otherwise, he'd be in jail. You got to know the right people who know the right people. Yeah, exactly. Pay the right people, or the right judges, and all that kind of stuff. So... McElroy felt like he was kind of untouchable. Uh, he'd walk around just like a big shot and be like, yeah, well, if I get in trouble, my lawyer's going to get me off. So what are you going to do about it? Right. And it was true. I was like, yeah, and you make a good point. Go ahead, Mr. McElroy, right here. Little slaps on the wrist here and there. Nothing to stop him. Yep. Steal all my piggies. Like, nothing I can do about it. 
Um, so it wasn't just this big shy lawyer that kept McElroy out of jail. He'd also take matters into his own hands, uh, being a pretty big dude and kind of scary. He'd do pretty much whatever it took, including witness intimidation, um, things like just sitting outside of people's houses, following them to their work, putting rattlesnakes in their mailboxes, like knowing people would know that he did it. He'd be like, yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do Don't mess it? with me. Right. Uh, carry around his gun, always have it like hanging in his truck. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I will kill you. I'll shoot you in the face. You didn't want to be on this guy's bad side, basically, because yeah. he was going to make your life a living hell, if not kill you. Yeah, you knew he wasn't afraid of the law. You knew just that he had the law on his side, basically. Yeah. And So what was the point of challenging it? Yep. Um. You know, like I said, you follow them around, sit outside their house. They would eventually bow out to being witnesses. Anybody that would, you know, supposed to, supposedly that was going to, you know, testify against him, they'd be like, yeah, um, something came up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to testify. Hence the reason why he was able to get off so many times that he was indicted. Correct. So all these things are alleged, alleged. I'm doing air quotes here. But we would assume them to be mm, probably a lot of truth to him. Not me, Allison. I just, I'm not. I go by the book of the law. Okay. So, innocent until proven guilty. I don't want any rattlesnakes in my mailbox. Me neither. Unfortunately, McElroy's alleged crimes included harassing and assaulting women. Oh, that's um, not okay. No. So this is all kind of fun and games, a lot of jokes and stuff here, but this is getting pretty serious. Well, yeah. Here. Stealing the piggies. <laughs> not that it's funny for the farmer, but assaulting women. Or the piggies. but Or the piggies. Right. So, um, yeah. Assaulting women, harassing women, robbery, destruction of property, and like I said, threatening people's lives and uh-huh. assault. Like, that's not funny stuff. You know, no. that's, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're getting towards piece of shit territory there. You're absolutely in piece of shit yeah, territory. Yeah, I'd say you're trudging through it. Yeah, um, knee deep or waist deep. Waist neck deep, neck deep. deep. There you go. So um, there are accounts of him attempting to shoot at uh, at least two people. Um, and when I say accounts, again, these are things that most likely allegedly happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these two was a local farmer named Romain Henry. In July of 1976, Henry was telling McElroy to get off his land. So McElroy was on Henry's land. Mm-hmm. Henry's like, get off of my land. And he's he went to go drive him off. And uh, McElroy stopped his car. And Henry drove up to him. And what does McElroy do? He ended up shooting Romain Henry in the stomach on his own what? land. Yeah. He walked up. I, so what it, what it sounded like is he walked up to his truck and was like, "Yeah, you're going to talk to me. You're going to are you going to talk to me? you want you want some of this?" And had a shotgun under there and blew like kind of shot him in the stomach, you know, through his car, basically. Jeez. So, I mean, this would seem like a pretty open and shut case. You would think, right? So, uh, attempted well, murder. It turns out it went to trial. Uh, McElroy's attorney had a couple witnesses testify that McElroy was out hunting for the whole day with them. So there's no way he could have shot this guy in the and, stomach. And the guy that was shot in the stomach said he was by himself and not out on his property hunting with a group of other men. The guy that got shot in the stomach said McElroy shot me. Yes, but not like accidentally while sh- like no. hunting. No, he he said I he was on my property. I told him to get off. He stopped oh, his car. He shot me in the gosh. stomach. McElroy's like, I wasn't even there, bud. bud. You're making this stuff up. Oh, so he was. I thought maybe they were saying, oh, yeah, we were hunting on his property. We accidentally. No, no. So McElroy's lawyer got two dudes just to randomly be like, yeah, he was with us. We were all hunting oh, together. Oh, my. So totally outside of this. Like he's, So basically his lawyer is getting people to uh allegedly lie for him right if that was the case if Just what the farmer careful. is saying is true then you know yeah absolutely somehow not. he got shot in the stomach mcgroy said he didn't do right it. okay it's just somebody else that's six feet tall 270 pounds and has chops on his <laughs> right cheeks that in this small town that everybody knows everybody right yeah it wasn't this guy somehow so uh so there's no way he ended up sh- shooting romaine henry he was found not guilty wow so these kinds of things would happen all the time it seems pretty clear he's probably not the best of guys, like I said before. Mm-mm. But like I said, it does get worse. Uh, McElroy was accused of raping two girls. Jeez. Um, statutory rape. Ugh. So as young as 12 years old. That is disgusting. Yeah. And sorry for the, uh, the you know, tough news here. But also it's said that he married both of these girls. And the reason to keep them from being able to testify against him. What? I guess there's some kind of rule. If you're married, you can't testify. I don't know. Or maybe he there was married a twelve-year-old. Yes, two of them. Like maybe a twelve and thirteen, or a thirteen, twelve and fourteen. How is that legal? It's I don't know. I guess in Missouri at this time it was legal. Oh my gosh! You know, there's a lot of states where it's still legal uh, to marry a, a twelve-year-old. Yeah, as long as both like families agree. Wow. Yeah. 
That's highly disturbing. Yeah. And how old is he when he's marrying a 12 or a 13 year old? 30 something. What's in the actual hell? Yeah, absolutely sickening. Also, this is gross as hell. Um, McElroy was said to prefer girls around the ages of 13 or 14 years old. Oh my gosh. It was well known. He really liked girls 13 or 14. What is wrong in your head? As like a late 20s early 30 year old guy like just and you're proud to speak out about this i don't know if he's proud but he knows it and he doesn't care so yeah so these two parents of the 12 and 13 year old they had to give their permission and blessing in order for this to actually happen no i don't know that for sure i'm saying like nowadays that's how it is back then i don't know but he was legally married to a 12 and a 13 year old there's some question around that too because some of these marriages overlapped in the years and the months so Uh we don't know if technically like really according to the state he was married but he did have a marriage situation going on wow so with like a a sixth grader yes Mm, okay one of these women was trina mcleod supposedly she was mcelroy's third quote wife i say quote because some of these marriages like i said happen around the same time it's not clear how many were legally viewed as marriages Mm -hmm. but in his eyes this is his third marriage uh, McElroy started his relationship with Trina when she was only 14 years old. Oh, my God. And they had a child together around that same time. That's disgusting. Absolutely gross. This poor so, child. So Ken McElroy is a piece of shit. Um, we know that now. Mm-hmm. That's been established. Not long after Trina gave birth to that child, Trina tried to escape from McElroy. Mm. And she ran back to her parents' house. You know, obviously, she's 14 years old. She's scared. She's with this guy. God knows what's happening in this house. Has a baby. You know, and she's a baby. She's a baby. Yeah. And I can't imagine what she must have been going through. Unfortunately, it was alleged that McElroy was pissed off and burned down Trina's parents' house and shot the family dog while he was there. What? Uh, In 1981... Trina told People Magazine that, oh, no, 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 none of that happened. The house fire was just faulty wiring in my house. And somebody shot your dog that, you know. Yeah. Somebody ended up shooting the dog and the whole house burned down from faulty wiring. Was Were her parents okay? Um, we I don't know that they died, so I'd imagine that they were okay. Okay. Yeah. I'd imagine there was some kind of a scene there um, saying, like, give her back to me and all this stuff. And then he's like, well, I'm going to burn your house down. If you do anything, I'm going to kill you and whatever. Wow. Just now, ultimate alleged, control. Alleged. Right. I'm not, I don't know any of these things for factuals but um mcelroy was also accused of abusing his first two wives as you would imagine yeah not no surprise there uh sharon and alice in later interviews alice and trina both had similar stories claiming that ken mcelroy treated them well so in one interview alice told people magazine quote ken was totally different from the way that they're saying he was now Oh, he was wild, but he wasn't guilty of all those things they say. He was honest and generous. I never knew him to steal anything ever. Okay, so this is somebody that's scared for their lives and only giving high praises. Yes, and brainwashed. Brainwashed potentially or just scared to death. Right, could be anything. And I guess this is a pretty common thing to happen when young girls are you know, taken under the wing of a guy who they look up to and whatever and well, you know, they're being groomed yeah groomed exactly that's exactly what i said we're being groomed and abused yeah to say their captors were much better people and didn't do any of the things they're accused <sighs> of doing so unfortunately it's a very common thing um in that same interview trina said quote the officers were always hassling him they'd accuse him of anything even things i know he didn't do because i was with him they just hated him because he wouldn't kneel down to them so they were saying on this line and being like, man, there's no way. No, he was a good guy. He was crazy a little bit, sure, but none of Not these Not guilty are true. for these hideous things he's being accused of. Yeah, they're basically towing the company line mm-hmm. and being like, in McElroy's, we always say we didn't do it. Right. And that's how it's going to go. Okay, understood. Good. So there's a clear attraction to him from these girls. They like the power that he's rejecting. They like that he's a big shot in Skidmore, Missouri. They like that he doesn't get into trouble. He can do whatever he wants and he gets off scot-free. I mean, there is an an element of power there that I can see being attractive. Well, it's like why the bad boy image works for a lot of people. Yeah, because it's like, man, you're not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. you got confidence. I love this. When really, you're just a huge douchebag. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, you know, like they felt safer and part of the big deal. You know, like they're like, wow, if I'm with him, nobody's going to mess with me. Like, mm-hmm. sure, he'll mess with me and do some stuff, but I'm safe everywhere else. Right. So after many news outlets talked with many people uh, from Skidmore, 
The real story may have been that police were actually afraid of McElroy. It was known somehow that he wasn't afraid of shooting cops and made it known to the cops he was always heavily armed. So police weren't looking for problems and largely just let him be. There was supposedly one of the cops assigned to just watch him, like kind of watch over him because he was always up to no good. And, uh, you know, allegedly he came up to the cop and was like, get off my property. I'm going to shoot and kill you uh-huh. and you're going to be dead. And that cop called for backup. No cops came to back him up. Oh, geez. So that's a story that went around the town. So like these small towns, they all have their stories. And then there's probably an element of Some truth around. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this guy was not afraid of anything. And everybody knew, like, uh, we can't put him in jail. He's not going to go to jail. So. Right. Um, at this point, the people of Skidmore were starting to feel helpless and abandoned because their systems of checks and balances like weren't working. Like when you're in trouble, you're supposed to be able to call the cops and be like, hey, this guy's in trouble. And, you know, in a perfect world, it works where they go to trial, they're convicted, and mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about them for a Taken little while. Taken off the streets and given punishment for the things that they've done. Instead, this guy's getting off scot-free, and then your life is potentially at risk. Yeah, exactly. So you never know. You get into like an argument with this guy, and it's like you could be dead. I would not want to mess with anybody in this description. Nope. So this guy's allegedly going around raping and shooting people. And getting away with it. Right. And they have no choice but to let him keep on going. Unbelievable. Yeah. So as you can imagine, they're becoming increasingly, increasingly outraged. Just like, I don't know. Do we need to take this into our own hands? Like, what are you trying to... Like, they go to the sheriff's office. They're like, what should we do? And he's like, I don't know. You know, they shrug their shoulders because they're afraid. It's like that nobody knows what to do. You're. It's like almost sounds like he'd be in a gang or something because it's crazy that it was just him. It was just like the perfect storm. Yeah. Like, he's in a small enough town where it doesn't really matter and he owns a lot of stuff. He has a lot of money. It's the resources. He has tons of money to pay this big shot city lawyer, Kansas City lawyer, right? to come in and until somebody else has a bigger city... New York attorney, then they're going to keep on losing to this guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, especially human beings, they need to have these witnesses stand up against him, but nobody's mm-hmm. willing to because, you know, it's it's a poor farming town. Or that everyone band together and be like, enough is enough. Something needs to be done about this guy. Right. But everyone's afraid and, right. and you can't blame them. Yep. So remember, remember when I said that McElroy allegedly shot two different people? Yeah. You mentioned specifically the the farmer in the stomach, but who was the second person? Great question. The second shooting was more of a tipping point for the town. Okay. So here's the story. Ready? Yes. On April 25th, 1980, uh, in Ernest Bo Bowencamp's general store. So this is just the general store that, you know, a small town like you would picture. Just mm-hmm. you know, they have a little bit of everything. They're your grocery store. They're kind of everything. Uh, a store clerk saw McElroy's eight-year-old daughter, Tanya take a piece of candy that she didn't pay for. Mm-hmm. So the clerk was like, oh, sweetie, can you uh, put that back? Um, you know, I don't want you to go without paying for it. And, you know, just kind of like a sweet little town clerk would say. Did this clerk not realize whose child this was? Yeah, I don't. You avert your eyes the other way, apparently. Actually, they didn't. They specifically said we didn't know who it was. I bet you if somebody knew who he was and whose child this was, they would have been like, I didn't see a thing. Right. Because it's like five cents and that's or not going to my life. Me. Right. Exactly. So this the, uh, Trina was the one that took the daughter to the uh, general store. Okay. Her, it wasn't her daughter. It was a daughter from a previous marriage, one of the sickening marriages that McElroy had. So um, she right away was like, do you know who we are? Like this is, you know, which is a shitty thing to do. It's so like, Trina was pulling the card out. Trina's like, uh, you just accused my daughter of stealing. And she's like, she took a piece of candy. I'm asking her. Does to put your it back. child have a piece of candy? Well, your child doesn't have money. So yeah, she did steal. Right. So they're like, okay, I'm whatever. Yeah. She stole it. Yeah. Just have her put it back. It's fine. Whatever. And she's like, no, this is crazy. She didn't take anything or whatever. So she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to go tell the big guy and you're going to be sorry. So when Ken McElroy learned about this accusation, he was super pissed off and started stalking the Bone Camp's entire family. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is this guy's MO. He's going to go stalk you and try to intimidate you and mm-hmm. make you wish you were never born, basically. Then on July 8th, 1980, so this has been going on for a few months, mm-hmm. uh, McElroy drove into the back alley behind the same general store where Bo Bone Camp was hanging out. Uh, he was on like the receiving dock and just kind of looking out and you know doing like he always does. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went up to him, threatening him. He's like, you want to fight me or something? He's like, no, why would I want to do that? And uh, saying, you know, he, I'm going to, uh, so uh, McElroy goes, I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, brought out a shotgun. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. And he threatened him and kept on threatening him. And sure enough, 
Uh, he took up the shotgun to Bo and shot him with the shotgun right in the neck at close range. What? Yeah. He's looked at him and is like... So he just died instantly? No. So thankfully, Bo Bowenkamp survived the point-blank shot to the neck from a shotgun. Wow. Yeah. I guess he had, obviously, blood you know, everywhere and couldn't oh. talk immediately after because of blood filling sure. his throat. Sure. And over a piece of candy. Correct. Uh, McElroy was immediately arrested and charged with attempted murder. Oh, wow. We're actually going to do something about this. Yep. So the trial date was set for August 18th, 1980. As per usual, McElroy did his best to intimidate the entire Bowen Camp family so they wouldn't testify against him. I mean, this is his thing. Bowen Camp's wife said, you can't know how intimidating it was. Before his trial, he'd drive up to our house in his pickup at night and just sit there. Unbelievable. Because like, they'd be looking for him because they'd be know that he's looking to do this, right? Right. And so he would pull up and have his like cigarette or whatever. I don't know if he was smoking, but this is how I picture him. With a cigarette with like his lights on, off, on, off, you know, just kind of saying, hey, here I am. Look I'm at here. Me. Yep. Yeah. They said sometimes he would just get out of the car, fire his gun in the air. It was frightening. So it's basically like you're waiting to see if he's going to do something crazy enough. Right. And so the whole, the whole family was just scared. McElroy and his lawyer were able to delay the trial about five months to June 1981 because that's what they did and they knew exactly how to do it. And they were just like, let's just delay this as much as possible. How do you get out of this, though? You, you come to a general store and shoot someone in the neck. How do you get out of it? Was he hunting again? Was he fishing this time? Right. So they're like, no, we got you there this time. Uh, so during these five months, the prosecuting attorney resigned. Why do you think that might have been? Because he was threatened. I mean, we can't say for sure, but and nothing alleged. But, I mean, we have some good ideas of why that guy may have resigned. It's very coincidental. Correct. The timing. Yes, and how they were trying to delay it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it had nothing to do with intimidation or anything like that. Yeah. Okay, so the new prosecutor was a guy named David Baird. And for the first time ever... This lawyer was able to con convict Ken McElroy of a crime. Hallelujah. Now, it was only a second degree assault, <laughs> which is insane. Second degree? Yes, yeah, second degree assault, not uh, not attempted murder. Not attempted murder. murder. Nope, you not shot attempted someone murder. in the neck with a shotgun. Point blank range. And it is not considered attempted murder. After after stalking him and his entire family for months on end. How? How? Explain that one to me. Riddle me that. But so he got second degree assault with a maximum sentence of two years. Oh, my gosh. But it was something. So it was basically like this guy, David Baird's like, I just wanted him to get hit with something. OK, Unreal. this was this one was a slam dunk. He's like, I wanted a slam dunk here. This was the only possible slam dunk that like there's no denying that it, it was a secondary assault 100 there's no way you can get off on this with a deadly weapon and a bullet strikes you in the neck and that's considered assault yeah that's what they got him for wow so no i mean it's considered more but he'd have to prove it you okay. know so who knows um i mean he would probably say oh no i wasn't there he'd have witnesses saying no he was with me that night that he was supposedly in their driveway and then he'd get nothing right so they're like we had you there we got you we don't know if it was preconceived, but you did this. Here you go. Okay. So he have, has a max of two years. Yep. So unfortunately, the judge freed McElroy on a $40,000 bail until his appeal process was over. Because, of course, McElroy is going to appeal it. Mm -hmm. So he's basically still out of jail, even though he shot a guy in the neck. Right? On 40000 bail. <laughs> to make sure David Baird could get a conviction for McElroy, he went after him for the charge of, quote, knowingly causing serious physical injury instead of attempt to kill. Okay. So that's why it was just kind of like, if you go after the kill thing, there's all these other stipulations you got to, you got to prove. Whereas this, he, he knowingly, he knew he had a gun. He knew the gun was going to cause injury mm -hmm. and he did this knowing it was causing physical. Like it was like, okay, bottom of the barrel. Yes, we can all agree on this. Okay. And I'm sure the other like attorneys like, okay, fine. Listen, man, you got caught on the scene. This is the best you're going right. to do with this. So, he knew it was an uphill battle, the rest, so we got the conviction, like I said. After the trial, McElroy reportedly said, quote, the jury convicted me, and they gave me two years, but I'll tell you what, I'll never go to jail. How I'll, are you going to do that? I'll appeal, and I'll get off. Um, I've been fighting with the law since I was 13, and I'm damn near 50. I've been arrested for over 53 felonies, and this is the first one I ever lost. So that dude was just pompous as hell. He was very confident in his abilities and his lawyer's abilities. I mean, so, so full of himself. And I mean, he still had to appeal. Like, I mean. <laughs> this was like a game to him. Oh, completely. See how far he could go and how little he could get, you know, punishment wise. Yeah. 
for sure. So yet again, the residents of the town of Skidmore feel the justice system completely boned them. They're just like, of course, this guy, like you said, shot someone in the neck at point blank range. Where does it send? And he's not in jail. The guy is not in jail. He's sitting in his house like he was the day before. He's an absolute menace to society and he is going to kill somebody. Yep. So let's get him off the streets before that happens. So, all right, fine. He's making an appeal. He's out on $40,000 on bail. But when will he go to jail? It depends when they set his date for the, you know, the appeal and okay. everything. So if he's out until the appeal. He doesn't go to jail. I'm going to be really pissed. Um, well, let me keep on going here. Okay. So I'll let you keep going. Soon after McElroy was released, he did what you'd expect him to. He was at the local bar. Uh, it's called D&G Tavern, along with his rifle and bayonet. Mm, Brought okay. his rifle with the bayonet on it. He was alleged to be making serious and detailed threats about murdering Bo Bowencamp. Still. Yes. He's still on Bo Bowencamp about this damn piece of candy that his child likely stole. Yep. And just leave this guy alone. The The gunshot wound to the neck wasn't enough. Uh, this was like, you know, you don't get the best of Ken McElroy here. And so far, he's like, I'm not going to jail for this crap. You're going to be dead. Jesus. Like, I'm going to finish my, my thing here. I mean, I, insane, right? So that the whole town's like hearing about this. They're like, he's going to kill Bo. Right. And Bo's a, a liked guy in the community. He's the local grocer, Poor you Bo. know? So um, this is a guy who's on bail for attempting to cause serious physical harm. Harm, in quotes. <laughs> yeah. Air quotes. Yeah. And I'm qu- laughing how stupid it is. And now he's allegedly spotting off at the local watering hall how he's going to finish the job. Just unbelievable. Good news. Uh, he was quickly arrested for doing so. Okay. Which I'm surprised because you think that everyone at the bar would have been scared to report anything. Yep. And that might come up in a little bit here. Um, but bad news. He was released shortly thereafter. As of course you can he was. Uh, his court hearing for violating bail. Well, like this was violating bail. Um, you know, you're not supposed to carry around a firearm and threaten to kill people when, when you're, you're on bail. On bail. Yep. Um, so his uh, his court hearing was scheduled for July 20th, 1981. So we'd have to wait until then. Okay. On the morning of July 10th, 10 days before McElroy's court hearing, there was a town meeting at the Legion Hall. Uh, the town decided to get together. Like you said, once and for all, what the F are we going to do about this monster asshole dickhead living at the McElroy house by the name of Ken McElroy? Um, so, I mean, there was a town meeting. There was no other agenda besides what are we going to do about mm-hmm. Ken McElroy, right? Some say it was to plan something. Some say it was just a brainstorm. We don't know for sure. So, uh, this happened to be just a few doors down from that D and G tavern where McElroy supposedly violated his bail mm-hmm. and made the threats to Bo Bone camp. About 60 residents came out to this meeting. And the only topic, like I said, was how are we going to stop McElroy from hurting other townspeople? Dan Estes, the county sheriff at the time, suggested the town start a neighborhood watch. Hmm, okay. <laughs> a neighborhood sure. watch. Just drive around, look around. Yeah. What, and then what? You're going to get shots. Right. And I can only imagine the townspeople are thinking, what a load of horseshit. Yeah. Like, we've done the neighborhood watch for about 20 years it's now. It's not working. 30, 40, 50 years, however old uh, this guy is. And we've done the right thing time and time again you guys don't do your end of the deal here or this other lawyer gets him off and this guy's basically the most powerful guy in the world right so no a neighborhood watch isn't going to work um you know they're all just like whatever so not so fast as the meeting closed came to an end it was adjourned uh word spread that ken mcelroy and his then partner trina mcleod were currently at dng tavern getting drinks Okay, just a couple doors down. Yep. Just then, all 60 townspeople made a beeline for D&G Tavern. Okay. Did they have, um, what are those, like, uh, the torches. flames, the Pitchforks. torches? Pitchforks and torches? Yeah. Like, picture them with that, because that's exactly what they were thinking in their heads. I pictured Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, this is like, get them. You know, basically, mm. this is the this is time. The time is now. If we're going to confront him, this is it. Yeah. Because we've got our opportunity. All of us are together. We're all pissed off. We've all had enough. But they're just going to verbally confront him? Like, stop what you're doing, I don't Ken. Know. I don't know. You think I can... Uh, you think I might have some more I just wondered how they pictured this to play out. Well, you'll, you'll find out in a second here. Here we go. So all 60 people make it for D&G Tavern. Some of them surround McElroy's truck. They all know it very well. Uh-huh. And some of them go into the bar, waiting for them to finish up their drinks that night. 
basically saying like, hey, you almost done with your drinks? We'd like to see you outside. Like the whole town is basically like kind of threatening to beat the shit out of them here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So McElroy and Trina, you know, they don't hurry themselves or anything, but they happen to finish their drinks eventually because he wasn't going to be told what to do. Right. Um, they get their way back to McElroy's truck. McElroy gets into the driver's seat and lit himself a cigarette. Trina said she looked over her shoulder and she saw someone aim a gun at McElroy. Just then, gunshots were fired and there was glass everywhere. Pop, 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 pop. McElroy was leaning forward in his car, shot dead. (gasps) Wow. Yep. He was hit twice, once by two different guns. Here's the kicker. No witness called an ambulance. Mm -hmm. There were 60 people there. Not one of them called an ambulance. And from the word on the street, there was complete silence. There was gunshots, gunshots, gunshots. Then complete silence. Nobody talking whatsoever. Nobody doing anything. Wow. Nobody screaming. Nothing happening. I mean, that it was complete and utter silence. That's crazy. Trina, nobody but Trina would talk to the police after the incident either. Well, everyone's going to play the, I didn't see anything. Yep. The shooting proceeded for a full 20 seconds, according to some reports I've read. And Trina was able to safely escape the truck and hide inside of a nearby bank. Uh, Bo Bowenkamp's daughter, Shirley Houston, had this to say, quote, once the shroud of silence fell, there was going to be no one talking. They could have pushed and dug and gotten nothing. So we were so bitter and so angry that the law let us down time and time again when it came to taking somebody taking matters into their own hand. No one has any idea what a nightmare we all lived. Mm-hmm. Living in fear. Yep. Investigators investigated and asked questions. Everybody, all the witnesses, the phrase they continuously heard. Uh, I heard shooting and got down, didn't see a thing. Mm-hmm. Every single person basically said the same thing. And I assume no gun is to be found? Nope, no guns to be found. Uh, they found a couple casings. That's how they knew there were two different guns. Um, much later investigation broke it down just a little bit more, uh, according to the book In Broad Daylight by Harry McLean. McLean. I uh, said one shot came from the left of McElroy's pickup truck, a buckshot with a 12-gauge shotgun. This shot shattered the driver's side window, but mostly hit the door frame behind the driver and didn't hit McElroy. Okay. So that was at least one shot. Another shot came from behind the truck, probably the one that Trina saw, a 30-30 rifle, 30 caliber rifle that entered the back of McElroy's neck and very nearly ripped out his tongue. Wow. According to the coroner, this was not the fatal wound. Ooh. The fatal shot came from a 22 rifle that struck a 22 LR rifle that struck McElroy squarely in the temple. Wow, so from the side. Reportedly, the bullet ricocheted inside his skull a few times. It's amazing that Trina wasn't hit. I know, crazy. I mean, they were they knew what they were going for. Okay. Uh, maybe this was after they pulled Trina out and threw her to the ground and, you know, probably popped them right there. Okay. Um, somebody on Reddit said, you know the town doesn't like you when three people are willing to shoot you in the head. Right, wow. Yeah, or two people actually did. One. Well, the third one was likely intended to hit him. Correct. It was just buckshot, so it spread. Right. Um. Yeah. So some some definitely people with uh, you know something to prove here. In the investigation after the incident, the only suspect identified by Trina, because she was the only person talking, was Del Clement, part owner of the D and G Tavern. So his apparent motive was that McElroy was a regular there which automatically meant people wanted to avoid his bar because they didn't want to start with anything with McElroy. Okay. So he was losing business because, hey, we're not hanging out where he hangs out. Yeah, exactly. So everybody knew not to go there because McElroy would be hanging out. Not to mention Del Clement uh, uh, also had some, allegedly had some livestock stolen from him by McElroy. Some piggies. Okay. I'm sure there was a lot of people that had motive. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Also, Del Clement was known to have a quick temper. Uh, Clement denied the charge, as you would imagine, and insisted he had nothing to do with it. But he was only one brought up as a possible suspect, and that was about it. Nobody was tested for, like, gun residue on their hands? Uh, Maybe at that time they didn't have it. They didn't have it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, But I think also maybe everybody ran home and washed all their hands. Yeah. Like, they didn't stick around. Right, okay. So everyone fled the scene. There was one one person that was interviewed that they said, oh, I saw... um, what was it? Dell's car driving or whatever. And then they came back to him like, can you give us more detail? They're like, oh no, that was, that was wrong. It wasn't Dell. Okay. So they're, you know, they got a piece mm-hmm. of it and it was like, nope, actually I, that was wrong. It wasn't his. 
Uh, ultimately, the DA didn't press charges on Dell, assuming they didn't have enough to get a warrant for his arrest. It was like, yeah, this one girl, Trina, says it, but right, nobody else. I mean, there were 60 people and nobody saw Nobody anybody. else except for one person. Right. There are many attempts to find the truth of this whole thing. Uh, Skidmore was visited by several professional investigators. The FBI came in, uh, journalists from all over the world. Um, at least one from the UK. That's why I say all over the world. But one like this was one of those weird things. Like somebody's got to talk. Like mm-hmm. I can get somebody to talk. Like I'm a good investigator. Well, and you know how it is that people can't keep secrets. Exactly. People crack. Mm-hmm. And they're proud of themselves. And they're like, well, just like a little hint. Like you just want to get a hint from a couple different people. And you can put those pieces together. And all of a sudden the puzzle starts coming together. Right? Yeah. They didn't crack. Not at all. Um Nobody would open their mouths out of all the people that, you know, kind of amazing, really. It, it actually is amazing. And that's why, you know, when a crime goes down that's entailing multiple people, it's not usually a success because somebody's going to crack. Somebody's going to break and spill. Yep. Del Clement ended up dying in 2009, and he went to his deathbed insisting he had absolutely nothing to do with the death mm. of Ken McElroy. Good for him. Experts don't think this was something long planned out and thought out when the townspeople were at this meeting. Uh, they feel like this was something that just came up in the heat of the moment. Like they were all together and they were like, oh, he's here. And they're like, let's kill him. And everyone was fueled up because they were all actively commiserating and talking about what a nuisance and a and a danger Ken was to their town. Yeah. And I'm sure there was dozens of stories of times Ken wronged somebody. Right. He pulled his gun on like dozens of people. Like everybody so, had a story that he pulled a gun on them. Lighter fluid was being doused on everyone's emotions and the flame was firing. Everyone's jacked up they walk over there however many people happen to be armed at the time i don't know right clearly several well it's a little town you know everybody hunts and stuff i mean mm-hmm. plenty of people probably have their guns and their cars right you know, and shotguns and uh, rifles whatever it takes so you might be right in the fact that they did not go into this meeting with any intention of any of this happening yep but just circumstantially it all played out this way yep and they said it came up in the heat of the moment, and the entire town collectively decided to keep it to themselves in solidarity. That's something. It's amazing. Like, you don't hear about that anymore. No. I, I'm kind of proud of like, them a little bit. I didn't see a thing. And right. I'm sticking with that. Yeah. Eventually, Trina McLeod filed a $6 million wrongful death lawsuit against the town of Skidmore, Sheriff Danny Estes, and Mayor Steve Peters, and also Del Clement on July 9th, 1984. So at the time, Trina was probably still very young, right? Yeah, youngish. Um, 20s, I think. Because I know she was only 14 when she, quote unquote, married this monster. I think she was in her 20s, maybe okay. early 30s. Uh, the case was settled. You know, she did a $6 million lawsuit. Mm-hmm. The case was settled for 17600 Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so they got something out of them, but not, not, as not much nearly as, as much as she was hoping for. She got the money, left town, and remarried elsewhere. Okay, but, you know, she was married to a rich man, a monster, but a rich man, so you would have thought she would have been taken care of. You'd think so. But then again, he did have multiple children, it sounded like, with multiple women, so yeah. who knows where the money went. Maybe it went towards settling his estate or whatever yeah. it might have been, and maybe he had a lot of debts, and who knows. Trina ended up passing away in 2012. Really? At the age of 55. Jeez. Yeah, kind of young. Yeah. Um, in 2006, then-current Sheriff Ben Espy was quoted as saying, They all seem to know who did it, but they don't want to get involved. I'll do everything in my power to arrest the person. And that's what he's supposed to say since he's the sheriff. Sure. But, you know, he's probably going around town being like, I gotta don't. ask you questions. We're talking about this. It's my duty yeah. to find who did this. Just say that I asked you questions. Yeah. I don't really care. This is water under the bridge. Right. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, in the month after, in the month after, so not like years after, I mean, also years after, but directly the month after McElroy's death, the town saw an immediate decrease in the number of pigs and cows being stolen well, in the of county. of course, we know who was <laughs> responsible for this. I just thought that was so like funny. I was like, well, yeah, everybody knows he was doing this. We, yeah. And now all of a sudden there's more pigs and cows. Yes. It's, it's, it's kind of baffling. Coincidence? I guess we'll never know. I would think not. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was shot and killed, luckily for what he did, while living in the town of Skidmore, and there were killers on the loose in this town. And so, I mean, officially, it's unsolved. Right. Because there's people that killed this guy. Uh, McElroy's attorney, Richard McFadden, said it best in a New York Times interview, quote, the town got away with murder. 
And that town really band together. They did. And I mean, it's it's truly amazing. That's and again, I don't condone murder. You know, we oh, can't. I, I just want to. I I condone murder. I'm just kidding. Nobody <laughs> condones murder. Allison. I'm just saying. I'm not like saying. Oh, I'm so proud of them for getting away with murder. But it's truly remarkable that 60 people could have been present at the time that somebody was shot dead and nobody said a word or slipped up or spilled the beans. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, not that somebody's dead, but just that the group of people were able to come together. The, the thing was that they had no other solution, right? And I'm not telling anybody to kill anybody, but man, it's so interesting when a bunch of people come together and get something done. It's really sad to know that the law couldn't have been done right and this guy would have been put away for the multiple things that he was responsible for and that it had to end in murder. Well, it's because of this lawyer who was able to come up with these you know, witnesses. But quote, that, quote, that unquote, witnesses. problem isn't going to go away. That's the problem is that this like, is a crooked system. Yeah. The fact that a guy that shot someone in the stomach, raped various young girls, shot another guy in the neck, stealing pigs and cows left and right and center... <laughs> And is just wreaking havoc and getting away with it. Like, that's the problem that needs to be fixed. Just think of these poor piggies. That's what I want to say. Stop saying piggies. <laughs> I just like saying piggies. I think it's oh funny. Oh, my God. All right. So I want to say, you know, if you like this episode and you want some more episodes, we have bonus episodes every other week. And they're pretty darn good, I must I say. so. If uh, you're a tier one patron, you get one every month. And if you're a tier two patron, you get every single bonus episode. So um, I just want to read off some of our patrons. And thank you so much to each and every one of you. Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla, Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, Alana, Vivian, Trisha, um, Lauren, Megan, Jamie, Chastity, Elizabeth, Genevieve, Clara Ann, Emily, Kathy, Ava, Jovi, Eileen, Misty, Rochelle, Destiny, Ellie, Sherry, Melanie, Bettina, Rebecca, Gabrielle, Angela, Sabrina, and Sandra. Thank you so, so much for your support. We are absolutely floored and amazed that there's people that will, you know, give their hard-earned money in support of our show. It means the world to us. It really does. And we so appreciate you all. It helps us to be able to do this week in, week out, and me to pull my all-nighters before every one of these episodes. As you tend to do. I got about five hours of sleep, according to my... Uh, Somehow he just doesn't learn. I enjoy it. That's why. I just, like, want to bring people, you know, entertainment. So... <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the hell out of you. Hopefully you have a great Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, if you celebrate it, whatever you celebrate, and just enjoy time with family and friends. Yes, absolutely. And until next time, bye. bye.